Joining joining the the most honest Jew in media tonight, uh, in absence of um, in absence of uh, our dear elderly gay uh, host uh, William, we have two excellent guests tonight to discuss a topic near and dear to our home home state. Uh, we have um, Paul Fens, and we have uh, my good friend Gabe Teixeira. Well, thanks. For What's happening? Me. Thanks for thanks for having us, Scott. Well, thank you guys for filling in for this old fuck who twinged his yeah. back doing nothing. <laughs> Useless. Useless um, English. Anyway, so uh, we decided because it's a, uh, a Boston-centered uh, episode in terms of the hosts, um, I guess that's, it's a perfect opportunity for us, for us to talk about something that me and Paul were talking about a little bit ago, which is the, um, the uh, Boston desegregation busing riots and the whole controversy surrounding it yeah it's kind of interchangeable it goes in between busing and desegregation depending if you want to sugarcoat it yeah it seems yeah. it seems like if the people that think it's not racist it was just it's the busing that's what they want to refer yeah. to it as yeah. politicians would would say forced busing is yeah. would be the terminology they used um but i see it as like basically um, to me, to me, the what it boils down to. Fine, let's just get into my fucking spicy take right away because this okay. is what I'm the best. Let's at. go. Uh, fucking basically, this was an attack on the poor working whites by the government. Yeah, a lot of people don't really bring up. Obviously, the race thing's obvious. Yeah, it and it's really a distraction though. Even if. Even if you fell on the other side, you could obviously look at the numbers and say that, well, yeah, that doesn't make sense that they're not getting the same level of education depending uh -huh. on teachers or materials and books and school and stuff. But why would you take the poorest people from Roxbury and then bust them to the poorest whites in Southie? Spite. <laughs> it's literally, that's a powder keg <laughs> waiting to happen. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. It, it, it's a huge class thing, uh, class thing that no one ever talks about. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, uh, the thing that sucks too about it, even if you, if I do want to take the woke, the woke angle a little bit, it's like the government kind of like used like black children as shock troops and like collateral damage to like basically force a reorganization of like the real estate industry, if you will. Well. It really started all in the 50s uh, with... The Brown versus the Board of Education. Not even. This is with... Uh, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> we can get into that. But uh, yeah. basically, to set the stage for this is uh, the whole like New Boston thing, where the whole West End was demolished in order to That's put high-rise uh, luxury apartments. And then the whole East Side was basically made room for Logan Airport. Mm. So all these poor white people... We're all uh, like SOL, basically, <laughs> while they gentrified and started to gentrify the city. Um, and then basically the only place where poor white people could go was the South End. Well, mostly 
the the Irish in the South End. Yeah. Where, where are you from, Paul? I'm from Quincy. I actually grew up in Quincy uh, as a consequence of this event directly. <laughs> this yeah. actually like butterfly moment, one of the butterfly uh, effect moments of my life. Like uh, my mom was in school when this happened, yeah. living in Dorchester, and this caused uh, my mom to move her whole family, yeah. my grandmother, to move us to Quincy in the uh, so-called white flight. Right. So my family took part in that. And um, yeah, that's why I grew up there just outside the city. Yeah. Yeah. And in just, just Wednesday. after all of this, it, um, I think in like 76, about 30,000. That's, that's when it ended. Yeah. 30,000 uh, kids got out of the Boston public school systems, which is like, I think it was about a third of the white students. Yeah. I want to say that it was down to like only t- like 10% white attendance at that point. Now I think there's only an eight. It's like 1%. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's literally it's 8% yeah. or something. Yeah. Of uh, statistically insignificant. Uh, yeah. No, it's basically all Boston public schools are basically, uh, for the most part, are uh, black and Latino. More uh, so yep. Latino. Oh, and also Asian. Yes, yeah, there's, there's a decent Asian uh, population there too. But uh, yeah, if you're if you're white in the city, if you're still there, you absolutely go to a private school. Yeah, like it's literally. Or you're 8% a gay transplant from New York that when New York got too expensive. Yeah, no, it's literally <laughs> like you said. It's single digit percent white dudes that are all wiggers, and the rest yep. is Hispanic, black, and Asian. Yeah, and then a lot that, of times to to too. Sakana. Maybe you had this. Uh, maybe you had this in your uh, schooling because you went to school about around the same time me and Gabe did actually. Um, yep. So you probably had this exact experience, which is wigger from Boston whose parents made enough money to move to the burbs, and then just was like basically yeah. like, "Yo, it's because I'm a Boston guy," you know. <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah, that's this whole personality in school. Yeah, I, I, I take, yeah, we'd I, have kids from like Neponset because it's like right next yeah. to Quincy. I'm gonna like, take we're right a, there, the bridge. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a defensive stance because every time you travel, you just say you're from Boston because you don't want to talk to people. That's a oh, complete, sure. completely <laughs> yeah, different, different fucking yeah. That's completely. I usually different, tell yeah. people south of Boston, but then that just leads to more questions. So yeah, you just say you're from Boston for sure when you um, travel, especially if you live as close as we all do, being in like the greater Boston area. Yeah, you know. And working in the city. I've lived in the city for years, too. Mm-hmm. I lived in West Roxbury for a while. So I wouldn't call myself a Bostonian, though. It's no. We're Did South you, Shore you, suburb you grew trash. Up down there? Yeah, true. Yeah, uh, my, my father uh, emigrated here um, from the Azores in 1963. And he moved straight yeah. to Stoughton, where yeah. me and Scott are both. Well, we both grew up. Scott, you grew up here for the most part, yeah, right? I'm from Brockton, I would say probably more accurately. Which is another trash town. Yes, another fucking. Speaking of white flight, too, <laughs> Brockton is a perfect yeah. example of that exact thing. Yeah. Uh, so my father was an immigrant here in the 60s. Uh, he got all types of picked on and racism and stuff like that. Like he would go to school, he'd be in the, the restroom at school, and he'd get pissed on like while he was taking a leak at the urinal they would piss on him the kid Jesus. so like <laughs> well there, there were no black people here then so he was the black right. guy he, he had one black friend oh, okay uh, impressive at, at stoughton high and basically my dad would fight every day he went to school so this is not a uncommon thing even in the burbs which yeah. i guess um from the the reading and stuff that i looked at i guess uh the busing seemed to be more effective when taken to the suburbs like they were more welcoming 
Well, then, the, the thing, well, the thing that you keep seeing in the fucking story of the of the well, we'll get down to the brass tacks later, obviously. But in the whole like timeline of the whole thing is like the suburbs were largest largely un in, un uh, fucking like affected because there just weren't any black people to get bus. Yeah, that that's what I saw was that there was no need for busing because there yeah. was no seg um, no integration needed. It yeah. was just white kids out in the burbs for right. the most part. Which is another thing with this, which is the people who are the ones advocating. This is what I was saying before. It's like the government inflicted on it. It's like a basically like the bunch of like like Washington connected liberal like like Boston, you know, Massachusetts politician, like literally Ted Kennedy. I'm yeah, talking Ted about Ted Kennedy is supporting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ted he Kennedy was very for busing. I yep. saw uh, very much. Yeah, of course, his kids did not uh, were not affected naturally. He went to go speak no, somewhere for no. it, and then um, they basically jeered him out of there and told them to send his one-legged son to uh, bus him to Roxbury. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, that's pretty harsh. Yeah, he he just yeah. lost his his son lost his leg of cancer like the year before. Oh, yeah, shit. well, I I'm sure the that. fucking hooker he killed's parents miss her too. <laughs> Yeah. How yeah. about that? As bad as that kid misses his leg. Yeah. The, <laughs> Fuck his yeah. leg. T tell me if you guys. Rich boy leg. If you guys kind of read the stuff the same way. Any t anything that I was hearing and the way I pictured all the, the white Bostonians on the on the other side of the busing where they don't want um, the black kids busting to their neighborhoods. Yeah. Is I just yeah. pictured in that like every Celtics game or Patriots game I've ever been to. And the drunken assholes that are like fucking, yeah, you fucking dude, 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 they're those guys. Well, it's funny you mention that because I fucking was watching a lot of contemporary video of the time, and uh, the people were were they were just, just yeah. perfect. <laughs> Like they yeah, were just a perfect, perfect Boston stereotype yeah. of just like yeah. complete caricature. I damn tan us apart. They tan each other apart. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was great, man. It was a great. There was some great video, and then there's there's all they they had interviews with like every different kind of perspective of and race. Like they had interviews with black people who were like, "No, fuck this. I'd rather have my kid be in my neighborhood where I know he's not gonna get the yeah, shit man. beaten out of him." Uh, and and fuck this busing bullshit. Like you know, if, if you just make all the school better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think either side wanted it. No, and from what I asked my mom, that's, that was her consensus as well. The yeah. black kids didn't want to go to the Southie and Charlestown and shit as much as the white kids didn't want to go to Roxbury and yeah. Manapan. Everyone was just chill, she said, and then they did that, and then it was like complete mayhem. The only black because of that, yeah. The only black people I saw that wanted it were literally NAACP lawyers who, exactly. who weren't from here at all, who came and were yeah. just doing this thing because it was basically their here. job. Yep. <laughs> Like, it's the same thing with, like, you know, race baiters like fucking Al Sharpton. It's like, I'm sure at one point in Al Sharpton's life, he had pure intentions of helping black people. But now it's his gig. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. the place where this, like, really started is uh, June 11th, 1963, with George Wallace. Uh, I think he's the governor of uh, Alabama, I want to say. Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, I recall, yes. Um. He had an inaugural address uh, as soon as he got elected where he was basically like segregation forever, like over his dead body kind of thing. And then the University of Alabama was the last public university to integrate. Uh, and he literally like was there blocking the doors 
until either the army <laughs> based either the army or <laughs> the national the last dude <laughs> either the army or the national guard like had to be like all right guy oh, you need to like yeah. you need to you need to get out of here well okay but th- oh, that God. does raise a, a certain a certain point though is that uh fucking for what for what it's worth the, the he was the governor of alabama right mm-hmm. okay that means the people elected that guy yep if you believe in democracy which i don't necessarily do by the way but if you believe in democracy that's what the people wanted at least the majority of them and the thing is that the fact of the matter is the national guard national guards get the national guard gets activated by the federal government though so this was the feds basically coming in and being like all right rednecks it's time you're take the blacks i'd say chances (laughs) are of the black people in alabama probably didn't vote for this guy yeah, but there's not but enough then again, of them a lot to make of a, a lot of black people were for segregation as well. I don't so. think they could still vote in Alabama yeah. in 1963, <laughs> dude. Um, so basically, this led to Kennedy then giving a speech saying that not that it was legally important to desegregate, it was morally important to desegregate. And then that led to... Is this Ted or Jack? This is uh, John Kennedy, okay. still alive, because okay. this is 63. Oh, I know. God rest his soul, dude. Maybe this was him. Maybe this was him trying to be like, guys, please don't kill me. <laughs> his last ditch effort. Yeah, he said, maybe I'll say some shit about how great blacks are, and then they won't <laughs> yeah. blow my head off. <laughs> um, and then this is this is all in the same day. Uh, this is later that night. Uh, Medgar Evans. Head of NAACP is murdered by what a Ku Klux Klan member, and he isn't a fed. He isn't uh, actually convicted of the murder yeah. until 1997. A Southern Democrat, dude, it's a fed. Damn. <laughs> so it took what is that? 34 years in yeah. order for that guy to That's actually nutty. see time for that. Um, the very next day, Ruth Badson, head of NAACP, once again, uh, committee in Boston, though says to the school committee that Boston's school system is segregated and they, they call it, at this point, it's de facto se- yeah, segregation. Yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't, like, officially segregated. Like, wh- Yeah. You know what I mean? If that's just the way Boston be, yo. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, we touched on it a little bit. Um, so Boston's basically... Just their own neighborhood. That's yeah. what it was, <laughs> is that the Irish were in the South, the North End was uh, Itali- I- Italian, Italian, so... Yeah. And then it was, it was the, just, and East Boston back then was yep, Italian. Still. Yep, before it was Logan. <laughs> and it was, yeah. it's just I all just got my baptism certificate. I got baptized there back in the early 90s when it was, wasn't Puerto Rican. It was uh, old St. Lazarus. Oh, yeah. Still good in a, a good Italian church. Not anymore, though. It's gone. And then that's just how it would be. Uh, Jamaica Plain was formerly uh, a Jewish neighborhood. Yeah, every, wasn't it? Oh, there was a lot of fucking yids around in Boston. Yeah, I feel like that happens with every city, though. Is no, it not? Nope. It's just here no. in New York. Just the Boston it's thing. Just here yeah. in New I was going to say because New York does not it too. Not even New York anymore, really. Yeah, maybe well, in Brooklyn, but anymore. Yeah. A little bit, but yeah, here is to this day those those bo- those boundary lines are still here for the most part. Like mm. those neighborhoods do kind of still stand. As that's it? what the people are comfortable with, and that's how it is. Yeah. It's not like that. also. It's okay when Jews do it. Let's face it. <laughs> I mean, it just yeah. ends hey, I don't. I don't want them in my neighborhoods either. <laughs> yeah, me neither. 
Oh, boy. Um, so, uh, anyway, so what's another thing? Uh, so, anyway, another thing was, again, like I was saying before, like, this was, like, all, like, f- top-down shit. Like, people in, in Boston, and like you said, Paul, like, your mom had the, got the gist that it wasn't just white people who felt bad, did, felt not good about the busing situation. Yeah. Everybody was pretty much down on it. And the fact of the matter was, the person who put it into motion in Massachusetts are actually... Well, I should mention in the '60s, they in the '65, they uh, they passed uh, like the equitable schooling yeah, they thing. Passed some kind of law, but they didn't enforce it whatsoever. The Racial Imbalance Act of '65. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and uh, made but, it illegal to segregate. Right. Um. So yeah, on paper they were definitely not, but again, then they go. But the fucking the sociologists with three parentheses around their name all noticed <laughs> that there was still um, that there was yeah. still uh, a, a matter of segregation in terms of neighborhoods. So they said, "This we can't let this happen." Yeah. <laughs> There's no race mixing going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, anyway, so uh, so that's that, so that's about in the in the seventies at this point, and uh, I, I I should mention too that uh, I got some personal anecdotes as well. I From talked your to my father. My father uh, was um, was a freshman in high school uh, the year that this happened, the very first year, and so was, but he was very lucky to be in a magnet school. Uh, because it was a test-in thing, and he was studying uh, architecture. Um, oh, he really fell, huh? Yeah, I know. What happened? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he didn't have to go. He wasn't bust that way. However, yeah. um, the way that he traveled, I don't know where his school was, but he, uh, he lived in Brighton, and he had to uh, take the bus, which was actually a chartered uh, T bus, by the way, um, but, uh, he drove, wrote it through, um, wrote it through the Heath projects in Roxbury every day. And just the fact that there was a school bus full of white kids going through, they had to hit the deck every day cause rocks were flying, but a full soda glass bottles were flying. This is even freshman year. So what is that? 1974. Yeah. yeah. So this is the start yeah. of all the busing. It's the first year that it started, he was a freshman in high school. So, Bummer. <laughs> so basically, you, you have this um, the racially imbalanced act or whatever that passed. Basically, so racially imbalanced school in 1960 is this is how they actually like determined it was more than 50 percent of the kids are non-white. Uh, 55 in the state and 45 of those were in Boston. The other nine uh, were in Springfield, and then there was one in Cambridge. Is exactly how it was broken. There was one down. black guy in Cambridge. There's one News black guy. To me, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a school in those uh, districts. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. for the most part, they were in Boston. Hence the right. Boston busing, etc. Yeah. Um, so what a crazy stat to 50 percent. What is it supposed to be evenly split down it, the it middle? It doesn't even make you know sense. I mean? Numerically. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Now, I also brought up these numbers. That means it's got to be minority white in every school by those numbers. Well, that's it's just what 51, want, 49. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, don't know. I think if they had more than 50 percent was the idea. But keep this in mind because I, I got these numbers too to put it in perspective so massachusetts this is massachusetts as a whole not as not just boston was 94 percent white in the mid 1960s yeah, so that means right. they're yeah. the very vast uh minority in yeah. massachusetts the good old days right maggot uh, <laughs> i think i read somewhere um <laughs> 
prior to 1940, I think there was only 3% of the population was black. Okay, it makes sense. Something like that. Um, so, and I'm just bringing up the numbers just so you can have a perspective because it's like 50% of the school... Uh, that's that's a lot, especially considering the mi- minority. But it's going to be the schooling's broken down based on where you live. Uh, right. I see what yeah. you're saying. But the point is, is that uh, after fucking World War II, the baby boom started. And that's where all that other 10 percent came from mm. uh, in terms of the rest of the fucking the I mean, like everyone was having babies. But consequently, that made the the popular. Also, another thing is to mention worth mentioning prior to the great society, like ruining the black family, basically. Um, they were doing fucking kick. They're kicking ass, like it, between yeah. between World War Two and the sixties. Well, Boston had a lot of mill work still too. Mm-hmm. So prior to the shift yeah. in that, and which led to a lot of unemployment when all those uh, mills closed, right? Both in the white and the black community, mm-hmm. specifically like Southie was. They a lot of those people were out of work, right? Like a good majority. They had some of the highest um, overdoses in their communities too. And uh, just like in Roxbury, they had some of the highest uh, uh, fatalities from guns. I like, believe it. Gun, gun I, this is Whitey so, Bulger times, dude. Yeah, but they could have, you know, they could have uh, yeah. been friendly about it because it's like they had a lot in common, you know, like little shitty neighborhood they grew up in. They're killing each That's other. Really adorable. It's really adorable, Gabe. <laughs> um, <laughs> you should also introduce a line of unicorns. <laughs> um, thinking about it. Anyway. Um, uh, the school committee is basically what I want to say is that that everything's left up to the school committee, which uh, I, for the most part I, I mean think again is, those are the people that you vo- that is that is who they're voted in the school committee. For the most part, uh, I think the the one in charge is actually someone from Southie. Mm-hmm. And oh, the lady. Yeah, well, that's that lady's name. I forget her name. Some Kerrigan, I, I believe. It is uh, Louise Day Hicks. Oh, that chick. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Um, John Carrigan is the school committee chair. He was the right. head. He was very uh, for it. My mom was saying the mayor was Kevin White, and they said that they she was saying uh, they called him Kevin Black at the time. <laughs> he, was, he was very pro, funny. He was very pro busing. Yeah. Uh, that's also funny too. Is uh, the we'll get to it later, but yeah, I'll, I'll fuck it. I'll get to it later. Basically, what I want to say is. A lot of these decisions uh, about the school integration and all that stuff was left up to the school committee, which they chose to do nothing from like when it was brought up in sixty well, in was the sixties. I understand. Yeah, it was brought up yeah. in the sixties. They chose to do nothing, which it basically had to go to right. a court case. Right, right. Well, wh- I was gonna. I was just. I was, like, I was just about to get into that. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was basically um, a bunch of uh, the NAACP got their fucking. Let's just look before we go anywhere else. Who started the NAACP? I don't know, Scott. Who who started? <laughs> Some of my relatives. Anyway, um, <laughs> what's it called? But anyway, uh, so the NAACP basically, like I said before, they're like Al Sharpton. They're going around the country trying to find court cases to make their bones on, and uh, they it's like s- ambulance chasing exactly with, with racism cases, right? Exactly. But basically, they, they there was a test case down in Charlotte's Charlotte, South Carolina. And it was basically successfully implemented, um, partially due to, fa- to the fact that um, they well, basically what happened was they imp- they implemented busing and um, and uh, essentially they also accommodated for a bunch more private schools to, en- to enter the market, so it didn't really become a problem in Charlotte. 
Um, and so, but so, so it ended up working and it actually was two years before they started here. And so two years after that happened, the NAACP came here and and started a class action lawsuit with 44 children and 14 black parents. Um, and this is the thing that fucking, it, it wigs me out. Um, uh, they, they invoked the, the 14th Amendment. Uh, uh, in the argument in court that 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 racially bussing people, I guess. What's the Fourteenth Amendment? Fourteenth Amendment. No, no, the, the freeing the slaves. The, that's Thirteenth. Okay. So Fourteenth Amendment is the one being like anyone who used to be a slave is uh, has full rights protected to you to the to everyone else. Okay, so it's it's marking them as free people. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. But uh. So basically, but the thing that that wakes me out about it is it's like how does getting how does literally uprooting a bunch of people and moving them around the city in some weird racial revenge plan ha- uh, constitute a constitutional right? Yeah. The, the thing it, that I understood from this was the judge that ruled on this case kind of wanted to leave it up to the school committee, but they decided not to push what he said to do, which was the busing. Right. Which I guess they'd already started to do that as a stopgap. When they didn't, uh, when they weren't doing anything from the '60s, um, there was something like, let me see here. I got it in my notes. The Metropolitan Council for Education and Opportunity starts in 1966 as a temporary measure to take 250 black kids from Boston to seven suburb uh, suburban communities. So they had, were already doing this, okay. but it wasn't forced. It was like right. these these. They signed their kids up for it, basically. Okay, okay. So it's like a lottery system in order to get into a school in the suburbs. I'm not ex- exactly sure how it worked, but basically, I'm. The understanding I had is they signed their kids up because they wanted their kids to get better schooling. Okay. So it's not forced. Okay, so it wasn't as just a system wide rearrange, is what you're saying. No. Okay. Well, then enter this guy who was um. What the fuck was his name? Uh, w. Arthur Garrity Jr. Um, oh, that's and, the judge, right? Yeah, and also, by the way, uh, he was appointed by uh, a noted villain uh, and murderer <laughs> of John F. Kennedy, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Um, uh, anyway. Um, Interesting. Yes, but he's a federal judge, basically, and he was not elected in any way. He was placed there by the by the executive branch, which is, again, another one of the things that I, I keep hearkening back to, which is the fact that this was not something that people who lived here wanted. This was a top-down approach. The federal government was, was making busing happen in Boston, whether they wanted it or not. And um, they implemented it to start in 1974. Um, and to do to... And uh, and it started. Okay, okay. Here we go. Um, of the 100,000 enrolled in Boston school districts, uh, okay. No, this was the impact. My bad. I'm a fucking idiot. But anyway, basically, what happened is they started. They started with a couple uh, specific um, schools, which was South uh, South Boston High, um, and and specifically Roxbury High. They basically decided to swap. <laughs> Swap Let's those two swap the poor blacks with the poor whites. See what happens. Right, yeah. which is why it it just screams to me that this was just some sick revenge plan. Because if they really wanted to like make, I don't I don't fucking know. I, if 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 these fucking rich liberals wanted to make a difference in black people's lives, they should have been like, fine, come to our schools. There was people protesting uh, of Judge Garrity after he made the 
the ruling saying, why don't you bust them to Wellesley, which right. is where he's oh, from. Yeah, yeah. And I guess um, Whitey Bulger was responsible for firebombing a school in Wellesley. So some of those kids did actually have to get bussed to another <laughs> school while they, you know, fixed up the school. There was like little um, little spats in there of the, what's the gang? The white something gang? Winter Hill gang. Yeah. Yeah, Winter Hill gang. There's little spurts of them stirring the pot. Okay. Uh, I would imagine that, that Whitey Bulger was not for bussing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he was, was more. a pretty safe bet. Probably more for starting shit in the, in the long run. Right, but. right. I know. But I mean, just in terms of if, if you asked him what. Well, they were, pro- <laughs> they were probably grateful that the cops had to be. <laughs> Other places in order they couldn't watch them all the time. Sure. Yeah. Probably helped yeah. helped out business. Yeah. I uh, I actually saw a stat that the, that the initial reaction to this busing thing was so insane that they immediately, the first year that they did it, they spent an extra $20 million in fucking state police funding in order to put police at every school that they were doing this fucking stupid plan on. I don't remember what school, but they said something like 500 state troopers- it had to be South Boston High. It probably it was, was either Southie or Roxbury. Those yeah. are the two hot can you, spots. Can you imagine 500 stadies being in a That's fucking nuts. school? It is. It's fucking bananas. Because like we we went to school, we had like juvenile officers, but yeah. you had a yeah, we had like four security guards, and that was like oh shit, you got to watch out for them. You know, imagine having 500 stadies there. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They had riot. My dad said uh, that first day that he went to school, even at his school, which had nothing to do with the busing, they had fucking riot police out front of. Interesting. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. But what was the other thing I was say? So then. The, so the, the, then. Shit really starts going fucking bananas. Oh yeah. But well, another thing. That twenty million dollars. I. I earlier today. I was. I was. Uh. uh curious as to what that would be today's money. It's a hundred and five million dollars tacked Holy right shit. onto the fucking budget. Shit. Yeah. Can you so just in terms of in terms so the fact that they have to spend so much to pull this fucking plan off. Obviously, the schools are going to suffer anyway. So that's why it yeah. just it became insane that they were pursuing this fucking. Well, this is when during the seventies when um, a lot of the budget cuts and stuff for the schools started happening too. Sure, I mean there was an economic recession. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this specific case that we're talking about is uh, Morgan versus Hennigan. Yeah, which happened in seventy two. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, we're kind of past that anyway, so don't worry about it. But um, but we should mention uh, that some of the stuff that happened, uh, the greatest hits of the stuff that happened um, uh, in the wake of the thing. Well, first of all, uh, like kids basically just a lot like a lot of kids who's were uh, white kids anyway, they were going to be bust. They basically just didn't show up to school on the first day. And um, yeah. they were like they're like these like these moms who would have to go to court over and over again to fight truancy charges on them on themselves because they wouldn't send their kid to school. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, my nana was one. She wouldn't send my mom or any of them to school. Yeah, well they, they did the Dorchester. fucking right thing to move. Yeah. And then by seventy six by the end, that's when they'd move to Quincy. Right. Yeah. And she well, my mom was saying too, even when they moved to Quincy, because they had moved from Boston, they had like truancy offices at the house all the time to oh, make sure. sure that they actually lived in Quincy and weren't right. just lying. And saying they did, you know what I mean, at this mm-hmm. address so they could go to Quincy schools. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. There's the fucking government again being like, oh, we need to make sure you take this medicine and we're going to make sure we're going to we're going to issue fines. We're going to make life unlivable for you if you don't fucking comply. Yeah. We're going to show up at your house. No fucking warrant. Well, some fucking flimsy truancy warrant. You finally flee like where the shit's popping off and yeah. they're still coming, you know, five Literal miles agents off to your of the house. state. <laughs> yeah, truancy yeah. agents. <laughs> Are you sure you live here? All yeah. right. Yeah, but she said it was nonstop for a while. Um, so another thing that uh that happened was uh in the first few weeks of white kids going to school oh no, of black kids going to school at uh at Southie High, um the uh, uh this is the thing i was going to say that was an ironic name twist but um a uh, a white student was was stabbed by a black student named james white <laughs> running back for the pets yeah <laughs> maybe jimmy white maybe it was him yeah. no. <laughs> no i think it was a little bit too late but um this is his father his dad just died too yeah, I wonder did. if that was him. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, dude, this was brutal. Did you see the uh, one white kid? I think he went to Roxbury and three black teenagers held him down and caved his skull in. With yeah, it wasn't stones. even a teenager, dude. It was a fucking just white guy driving through who was an auto mechanic. Oh, you're right. They used a fucking cinder block on his head. It was basically L.A. riots way before, back when that shit happened so much that it wasn't a national story. Reginald Denny. Yeah. Before Reginald Denny. Say his name. Say his (laughs) name. (laughs) I can't believe he survived that, dude. He barely. Dude, you ever see him talk afterwards? No. He did did not survive it. (laughs) We did an episode on that, too. We did do an episode on that one. That was a good episode. Um so uh, let, let's keep the record straight. We only talk about racist riots and welders that go crazy and destroy their whole town. <laughs> That's you, buddy. I talk about all <laughs> manners of things. <laughs> um, oh, Killdozer? That guy fucking Yeah, Gabe ruled. was on the Killdozer episode. I, I was brought in as uh, expertise because I'm a welder. <laughs> <laughs> um Anyway, so uh, that was one of the things that happened. Yeah, so, oh, so the thing with the, the, the guy, the, the black kid stabbed the white kid in, in the school, though, like basically the whole neighborhood erupted into a fucking melee. And uh, all of the parents of the white kids like stormed the school and wouldn't let any of the black kids out at all. They had to have, they yeah. actually, they ate the cost of several buses to be able to sneak decoy buses off with no kids in them because they knew that the people would just fucking destroy the bus. Yeah, they put uh, buses on the side door of the school and then took the kids out in those ones while they had decoy buses out front. It's it's pretty crazy stuff. I mean, and who pays for that at the end of the day to eat, too, by the way, the neighborhood that was fucking <laughs> it was imposed on. I mean, let's get this straight too. It was bad on both sides. These kids were going to school. The black kids were going to school. Are you trying to say that there are good people on both sides? (laughs) (laughs) These black kids are are going Uh, to schools that they don't want to have anything to do with. While people's parents are outside with bananas and watermelons (laughs) and making like hey, maybe they thought they wanted a snack, and they didn't know. They don't know any black people. That's what they assumed they ate. (laughs) <laughs> um no but uh what's it called I, I i do get what you're saying gabe i completely agree and that's why i think it's sick that these that these these poor black kids who 
they didn't do nothing. They're trying to go to school. They're trying. They didn't do nothing. <laughs> yeah, dude. and they basically were victims of this fucking stupid social engineering experiment. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, all it is. Because it's like, what is the goal other than that? Just revenge. like, to, hey, fuck it and see what happens. You know, well, well, they were just trying to force people to live together that didn't necessarily want to live together. Because we yeah. don't have, there wasn't. It's not like Boston is forced ghettos. People like to be with their own kind. Yeah. That's just kind of how it was. Still is yeah. to a still, lar- very large degree. It still kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, it's nobody won. Even the politicians that put all this together didn't. Well, they probably still won. No, they still won. They dude. still won. <laughs> no, they definitely still won. They yeah. always win. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, after that, after that, um, after that stabbing happened, uh, this was the first high school in the country to install a metal detector. South Boston. No High. Shit. Yeah. I, I heard about that and I was like, I was thinking about how giant were those fucking things in the sixties. It had to have been an entire seventies still. <laughs> Gigantic. Yeah. Um, but what's it called? What else happened? Oh yeah. The, let's not forget about, uh, the fucking soiling of old glory. Oh, yeah. shout out the T-shirt. I'm oh, wearing he's wearing right it here. right now. Nice. Yep. I brought it on. There's the uh, I won a Pulitzer Prize, dude. Yeah, yeah. For that photo. The soiling of old glory. Get that at SkiMaskCollective.com. That T-shirt. Also, good title. Um, yeah, too. what a great that picture. Helps. Well, what's that? Uh, the title helps the fucking the, the Pulitzer Prize, perhaps. The Pulitzer. Yeah. 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 Great title <laughs> for the good old Boston um, Herald, too, by the way. Now yep. owned by fucking yeah. Rupert Murdoch. I mean, I mean, that's when it really... Yeah, that's unfortunate. It yeah. really came to a spearhead. The the gentleman that's about to be... In, no pun intended, I hope. No. Nah, the gentleman that's <laughs> about to be... You said spearhead, pal. I know. It, well, it's, it's the whole thing. It's because... Shame on that! Come on, that the, was that was a William listen, joke. The people that were on the on the side, the white people that were on the side against the busing, were basically saying like it wasn't a racist thing that they didn't want their kids to right. To be oh, this was a in the very clearly a racial it, attack. When you see that picture, you're like, all right, it's it is it's fucking racist. Yeah. Yeah. There's you, no forget, coming back. Forget the picture. Forget the optics because optics can be deceiving. But that guy had nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, that guy? No, that guy the, had jack and yeah. shit to do with he was, any of it. He was going Indoor to town hall mark. or something for yeah. something completely unrelated. Yeah. I think it was a town hall or something. No, it's city yeah, hall. It was city hall. It was, yeah. it was city hall. Yeah, yep, that's where it was. That, that, it was just, just like right around the corner, corner from where I work. Yeah, actually, it's that was funny. that was an out. Yeah, the picture you can tell exactly where it's yeah, at. Like yeah, if you look yeah. at the background, of that's it. an upstanding citizen, uh, probably a business owner, and uh, about to be impaled by a gentleman. No, no, no he's not. He's a, he was a um, a law professor. He was doing some was, sort of official detector. capacity for the city, but it had nothing to do with busing. He just he got a to sick career out of it, though. Yeah, he, he got to be the like, guy. Yeah, he he worked for Dukakis. He worked for a lot of mayors yep. in like some kind of official capacity for like civil rights and shit after that. Yeah, but he, the guy, what, what's the guy's name? Fucking uh, Joseph Rakes is the kid yeah. who's, who's allegedly sparing him. He's seventeen. He's from South Boston. Um, he said at the time he was like looking back, he was just a dumb kid who was pissed he he couldn't go to school with his friends. Basically, they would say, yeah. you know, half your friends have to go here and the rest of you stay. And everyone was like, fuck that. But um, he's actually not trying to spear him. He's about to hit him in the face with it, like a side swipe. It's just okay. the way they caught the picture because oh, yeah. I looked into it more. And even the the guy who got attacked, Theodore Landsmark, he said that the guy wasn't trying to spear him. So they basically knocked him down. They broke his nose. 
And then um, the guy who looks like he's holding him, doesn't it look like he's holding it him to does, get speared? Yeah. I thought they exactly. were basically lining him up for a fucking double yeah. execution. <laughs> See how deceiving a picture can be? Yeah, they, yeah. All parties involved. The guy uh, holding him is actually picking him up to help him after getting his nose broken on the ground. And then the kid's not spearing him. He's looking to, to like, swipe him in the face oh, with it. okay. So it's funny how, like, these crazy pictures, you can tell, like, a whole story that's, like, not even... I mean, no, it's yeah, close for to sure. True, but deceiving for sure when you look at it you know and, um, and that that dude Joseph Rakes actually he caught a case for I think he beat his um, sister's boyfriend to death like in the 80s like a decade later and then they suspended the sentence and uh, he avoided like all jail time for it somehow I was uh, reading into this guy a little hmm, bit interesting very weird yeah very weird um wow so but that's a fucking sick photo though I gotta I gotta concede iconic dude yeah um, I think we wanted to use it for an album cover for a while, except we were going to Photoshop your head onto the black dude. Oh, that's a funny <laughs> idea. We we thought yeah. about it a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to do the full blackface though. Oh god! <laughs> I don't know if a minstrel show blackface. Yeah, well, Kumia did it on this fucking album cover. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, fuck. Um. Anyway. Um. Anyway, what else happened that was fucking insane? Um. Yeah, so that guy, you know, so we didn't even finish talking about the guy who got his head kicked, the fucking Reginald Denny dude. He uh, was, oh, yeah, yes. he, it says, okay, the, he was uh, in a retaliatory incident. Okay, two weeks later, this is after the, the soiling of Old Glory. So good, good segue. Um, in a retaliatory uh, attack, um, black teenagers in Roxbury threw rocks at uh, auto mechanic Richard Polite's car and caused him to crash. They dragged him out of his car and crushed his skull with nearby cobble, uh, paving Jesus stones. Christ, when dude. police arrived, the man was surrounded by a crowd of 100 chanting, let him die, let him die, while lying in a coma from which he never recovered. Yeah, I think he died something brutal. like a week later. Yeah, Jesus Christ. They had to, I was, uh, I was, uh, reading and they actually had police squads, specifically the motorcycle cops that they would have as like oh, also by the way those squads. are clearly the coolest and most down to earth and not dickheaded cops. By the way, the motorcycle. <laughs> are, you being, <laughs> are you being serious? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. okay, they could get around the city the fastest, so yeah, yeah, they had yeah. like stoning squad like cops, so that this didn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Stoning squad, or so, they call them something crazy like that. All this is That's basically like, what it is. Bottle kids. <laughs> this basically there was Mad Max on the streets. Yeah, it was yeah. for a long yeah, for, dude. dude. It lasted up for like two fucking years too. Yeah, three years pretty much. Yeah, it didn't come to my mom said the worst thing she saw was uh, a black kid in her neighborhood in Dorchester. Like a crowd of white kids grabbed them and uh, broke both his legs with pipes. Oh. Yeah, she said that was the worst thing she saw in person. And I'm sure the kid but, yeah, didn't it do was, anything. Like you said, it was it was a war zone. Yeah, no, it was it just went both ways. You know, if you're a white kid walking in a play, it was just that's how bad it was, man. Uh, but you know, yeah, people um, just getting fucked up. Yeah, dude, I was watching a uh, 1976 piece in CBS, like national news about it, um, and it's so interesting. This the thing that fucking really stuck with me was um, was. Uh, that basically, so th- one of the things they said was they mentioned that busing was, this was a, an election year, 1976. It was the year Jimmy Carter won. Um, and they mentioned that uh, out of all the top um, t- 
topics for what they were voting for in the election, busing was like second to last at like 39. And yeah, no shit. No yeah. one wanted it or right. cared about it but, unless it was affecting them. Right. You know? That's a good point. But the other thing that I thought was interesting, though, was that number one, the number one and number two um, uh, topics that people were concerned about, voters were concerned about, were inflation and federal spending. So hmm. I thought that that's what fa- did this cost? The. Well, you're not, that's not my point, is that that's what people cared about at the time. This is before that sexy race art, race stories are in the news all the time. Uh, yeah. Back then, it was just it was just fucking, you know, people knew how it was. It was still the fucking 70s, yeah. for Christ's sake. No, I'm just saying it's funny because they didn't care about this until yeah. it was a problem, and then it made those things worse. That's true. It did make <laughs> things worse. But not just that, but my point is, is though people... Uh, like I'm not for nothing like like inflation and fucking and fucking federal spending are two very important topics that people now literally don't ever talk about. Yeah. And all they talk about is fucking stupid, sexy race stories. Yep. I agree. That's really what matters is like, where's my money going and how much is it worth? Not yep. fucking. And how badly you know. have they devalued it th- this yep. year? I think a big part of this story, too, is everybody passing the bug because nobody wanted to touch the issue. Yeah. Like from yeah. the from the governor down. The judge, the school school committee, all mm-hmm. of them were kind of like, eh. you know, people are not involved had big opinions, but the ones making the decisions kind of just passed it around. Right. Well, because that's the thing. It didn't matter if it was all fucked up. They were doing the thing that they were told to do. And in government, you fucking fail upwards. It doesn't matter if you yeah. if you do the job well. It's that you did the thing that they told you to do, regardless of what the consequences are. There was a bunch of politicians that actually ran on that they would stop busing. Yeah. Obviously, and they none, won. Of, none of them did it. Yes. And then as soon yeah. as as soon as all this was uh, in hindsight, all those people lost their jobs. True. Because that's what they ran on. But obviously, they weren't going to do shit. Yeah. They never intended to. That's a, not the point of getting into, into office. It's <laughs> to change things it's, it's all the, it's and only, fix them. It's all the promises you make <laughs> along the way that you definitely yeah. won't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I guess we should talk a little bit about, uh, about Roar, uh, which is the yeah. uh, Restore Our Alienated Rights. Which was uh, the we mentioned her before that uh, that uh, Hill lady or whatever the fuck her name is Louise Day Hicks yeah Louise Day Hicks she was yeah. basically the she it was her baby essentially um, and uh, she was actually um, it, interestingly her kids weren't affected by busing by the way <laughs> she was just really down for the cause hell yeah dude yeah. did you say what the my, acronym my, my mom said everyone loved that lady. I said, yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's uh, restore our alienated rights, um, and oh, wow. uh, and it was and th- dude, it got kind of big. Like you know, they were like yeah. multiple thousand people marches. They basically uh, used civil rights tactics, which is interesting. Like literally, I mean, they were using fucking Saul Alinsky fucking rules for radical shit. Like going and doing a, a peaceful protest, a sit-in, uh, you know, and all that shit. And and uh, it got a lot of heads turning, but by the time anything i like like gabe said basically nobody did anything and <laughs> it didn't it dissolved out of a lack of need and it and like any other peaceful protest then you had hoodlums that would go and fucking like destroy stuff and firebomb stuff so it, it completely didn't even matter if they did do a peaceful protest because it right would, all that all that people would see would be the violence true so even if they had a message that was those are fucking hearing, agent provocateurs dude 
I mean, <laughs> it happened. You had all these people that were out of work in fucking selfie, so they had nothing yeah, better to do. I suppose. If you felt pretty strongly about it, why? Well, all right. I'm sad about to say something I regret. Um, anyway, <laughs> that that group actually got split into two different uh, organizations yeah, that continued I saw that to too. operate too. Basically, it seemed like it was an organization started and conducted mostly by women, and as such, obviously, it splintered into factions because two big personality women were butting heads. One of them's name was Elvira, and she like got kicked out of the group because she was like <laughs> she was making too much of a ruckus or some shit. I didn't read that I, anecdote. <laughs> it was it was basically like she was too uh, disruptive, so they kicked her out of the group, and she's like, "I'm gonna make my own group." I thought we were talking. So. I thought that was Pixie Paladino. Mm. I, yeah, but I think she made her own roar. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm saying. Of course, women can't keep were, anything together for were, too long. There was an Elvira in there. I remember that. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> you would remember that, you fucking weirdo. Um, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, but like I said, any organization that is that is run by women is inevitably going to break into pieces when they get they get in their period. Yeah, it's doomed for failure. Yeah, at some point. So, uh, but yeah, they they did a lot, and they actually organized a 1,200 person. Um, uh, 1,200 person march on Washington, D.C. You know, they actually uh, sang during one of their protests, We Shall Overcome. Based. <laughs> <laughs> While being seemingly racist against black people. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're coming up on it, actually. But, um, yeah, what else? What's, what's the other stuff that we should get to that were... Uh, that were like big, big events that happened. Well, while we're on the, the topic of protests, they went to a reenactment, uh, mm -hmm. I believe 400 strong. They went to a reenactment of the Boston Massacre. And when the shots were fired at the reenactment, they all fell. And they were like, oh, it's because of uh, Judge Garrity. It's the one that fired these shots. <laughs> we're dying in the streets. That's a so aggressive. Is, so that's, is, that's dramatic. So is our, our yeah. like our freedoms and liberties. Obviously, again, we mentioned that this organization was run by women. So, of course, the most dramatic way to, <laughs> to express your fucking point is utilized. I guess I'll just die then. Die in the streets. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. So it's also worth mentioning that the baby boom ended around this time. So that's yep. also part of why the, this demographic change that was already happening kind of didn't matter. I mean, it ended up making the whole thing a non-issue because, you know, first of all, like you said, like we said many times, most most of the white people who were had a problem with it left. Um, and those out of those peop white people there and in the suburbs, all of them had less kids in the next generation. Yep. But the funny thing about it is they never fixed anything. They just no. up and left. It changed the entire city forever, too. Yeah. Literally, this this one three year event. <clears throat> it was it was like you said, the end of the baby boom era, and then white flight happened right bang bang right after each other. And it what it is? Hold on, it says it dropped uh, by the eighties. It was uh, the school district of Boston was down from a hundred thousand to fifty seven thousand. Holy students, shit! Only fifteen percent of whom were white. So a decade later, at half the amount of kids, That's because forty three percent loss. Yeah. Yes, it went in half and then dropped to 15% white for the whole city. Wow. So everybody left. And then that's still how it is to this day. Even less. I think Gabe said it was like 8% or something now, white kids in the city. They're, going to public schools, at least. Yeah. They're, um, they're actually still in jeopardy, too, because 
public schools are going to go to the wayside because of charter schooling. Mm. Yeah. But that's a whole other topic. I think they'll still, I think like they'll still be at least like one high school. They might not have like multiple high schools and cities and shit like that. Yeah. Well, there's just going to be less kids in all populations. So it's not really going to be Yeah. I was going to say, I think, yeah, the generation after this one had even less kids. Yeah. Than the one previous. Yeah. I think it's still trending that way. Yeah. Smartening up. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great, Gabe. What a depopulation for the world. Yeah, Gabe. Look at Gabe's profile, by the way. He's possibly more fucking Semitic than me. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to ask. He could pass for sure. Yeah. They didn't didn't get us during the Inquisitions, you know. Yeah. He was one of the uh, turncoats on the other on the other yids. One of the moors. No, the other thing I wanted to talk about was something that it's something me and William talk about on the show a lot is um, uh, William is the one who I I don't know if he coined this, but I he's the first person I've heard to say it. But he he said that Americans um, they don't care. Not unlike him and or not him specifically, but like England and and people in Europe, we don't care about place. You know what I mean? Meaning, Meaning where we're like, from? Yeah, it's not as important to us, uh, partially because, I mean, we did have come, from, come here from all around the world. That's for not what true it's at all. I disagree with him wholeheartedly about how, where we grew up. Well, that's Places. the thing. Well, that's, we're, we're a, a huge part. We're a very yeah. tribal, specifically like Boston, is a very tribal that's what I'm place. Right, but I'm Other saying, parts of the country, yes, I agree with him. Like yeah. the Arizonas and Californias and Floridas, like the kind of transplanting mm-hmm. type states, too. People don't really give a but, fuck. But what I'm but trying I'm, to say though is that this this effort to basically shake out all the white people from boston was a major blow to the place identity of all the people that live there and it it robbed a lot of people from like dude i remember even when i was when i was in high school my dad was like you know i never wanted you to have to be a suburbs kid <laughs> and really? uh, you know he ruined he you know more in the fact that there's nowhere in the fucking city for us to live that I would have been able to go to school and not get the shit beat out of me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and, the, know, and it definitely wasn't. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. He grew up. Yeah. Well, I guess Brighton is all fucking college people now, but um, they definitely have tribalism over there, dude. Think of the soccer hooligans. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. He is. They're all they care about is their fucking. Like, their, oh, you were saying. I thought you were saying they didn't have any. Tribalism. No, 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 no. They say he said that Americans have a lack of it. But I was saying though that specifically this, like, like I saw it in that seven seventy six documentary I watched um, from CBS. Uh, which is actually a pretty fair and balanced. Uh, and maybe I'll get into that a little bit more in the minute in a minute. But uh, they were, you know, they had an interview with this guy who was on the school board from Charlestown, and um, he uh, he was like, wa- he was walking down the street with the anchor, going like, "Yeah, you know, this is my fucking house right here. Uh, my mother in law lives next door. Um, uh, my sister lives upstairs." Um, and, uh, and it's, it's like, they obviously left. (laughs) Yeah. Like they probably left. And he says, if you go around the neighborhood, all you see is more of this with where our family all live together like this. And basically this, this was a big government op psyop to fucking just end all those roots. Well, yeah. to any kind of like not nationalism, but I don't know yeah. what's your, the word for your city lo- is. Your lo- local, sense of pride. Your local identity. Yeah, but they can yeah. they can buy up all the housing and then jack up the prices. Oh, I'm sure they were doing really well in the 70s. Those Irish second generation Irish people. 
<laughs> yeah. No, Angela's I meant, ashes, fucking era Irish yeah. people. <laughs> I met the people yeah. that were getting them out. Oh, yeah. That's well, that, what they were doing. That is what they were doing. Yes, you're no, not and wrong. And then it were right after that, all those neighborhoods, Dorchester, Southie, gentrified, gentrified, very expensive. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what happened. Dude, uh, I, the black neighborhoods just stayed black. Right. Uh, and and some of them expanded because there was more yeah. black people. But um, yeah, we talked about this on the old podcast. Remember I told you about that that scheme? People get bagged for this. These real estate guys, they faked uh, fucking uh, like vandalism in order to get white flight to happen in Maddie, get the Jews to move out of Mattapan. Yeah, you, you mentioned this yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely easy to scare the Jews out of Mattapan. Well, these were Jews doing it, didn't it though. Take much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this was like back oh, when. So they knew their own kryptonite. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> The Schwarz is coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, uh, what's it called? Uh, no, but seriously, the, the, they got bagged for this. Basically, is they 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 saw that that Mattapan would be a good place to put because there was going to be. Uh, they had a pre worked out with the city that they were going to put uh, projects there, and but they saw a, a prob- problem with that was that there was a bunch of Jews still living there because uh, going back to like the 30s and 40s, that's where all the Jews lived is Mattapan. Yeah, um, they and, already had it worked out because they were like Murder Pan's such a good nickname, like we can't not use it. Yes, they pre they pre sage the uh, the gangster rap um, uh, trend of the 1990s. Yeah, sure. Um, no, but. Uh, and they so they had a deal. Uh, they were re- these were real estate guys to set up the projects in the Mattapan, and uh, they did some false flag vandalism on a bunch of Jewish neighborhood on their own people to get them to leave. And so they were able to uh, buy up all the property and make it into projects and make a shitload of money. And that's why Mattapan is Murder Pan. Yeah, yeah. All worked. It Another did Jewish work. plan worked to perfection, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mattapan is still a complete shithole. Yeah, they get get those Simcoe hot dogs though, dude. Fucking Kennedy fried chicken, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mattapan's terrible. Roxbury, those two, one of those two is the worst for sure. Yeah, I think Roxbury's and, getting uh, a little mad. I was gonna say it's no, on the. It, <laughs> it's not. I lived in West Roxbury, aka White Roxbury, for yeah. four years, and yeah, it's on the yeah. border. It's terrible, dude. Oh, fuck. I knew this guy uh, who lived at that, um, you know, that trailer park that's right at the uh, where the you can get on the expressway on uh, the um, on the parkway. Uh, what, on the Legion? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. I, exactly <laughs> I knew a guy who lived there. And yeah, uh, <laughs> what a place for a trailer park. That's the only one. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't see those out here. They're everywhere if you go out west. Oh, I know. West. Yeah. But there's they're really. I guess there's some maybe in like Nantasket or something, kind of like those weird. There's like a surprising towns. amount on the uh, South Shore. Yeah, yeah. like but places you, you wouldn't through, expect. Uh, Rainham. East, yeah, Easton, Rainham. Yeah, that kind of fucking shit. Down near the dog track. Now we're starting to get to. Now we're starting to get towny. We should we should call yeah, it here. Now it's real inside baseball. Yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are like, where the fuck is Rainham? Yeah. Dude? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> where do you guys go to get your pizza? Your bar pizzas or your roast beef <laughs> yeah. sandwiches up there, up in the North Shore. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I guess uh, that's a good place to leave it. I, I, had, I, had, I had a good time, guys. Thanks for joining me yeah. for this. Me too, brother. Thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and I hope you'll come back uh, again. 
Um, for sure. Anytime, man. I was um, I was going to see if you and uh, William wanted to come on my show sometime. Oh, we'll be on soon. Full roads pill, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. I got to give I, we got to lay it all out. Dude, I'm reading the to the um, the, uh, the Carol, whatever book. Yeah, Carol Quigley. The, uh, yeah, the yeah, preeminent Carol text on it. So uh, we'll have to do that soon. Anyway. So, uh, Paul, what would you like to plug? Uh, listen to my podcast, Offensive. It's uh, listen wherever you can get them, and then the YouTube Ski Mask Media on YouTube, and then uh, Twitch.tv slash Paul Fens and uh, at Paul underscore Fens on Twitter. That's awesome. it, brother. And Gabe, this is the first time you can plug your new podcast where it's actually out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, we were nice. recording it at the time, but yep. we, now we just have a back catalog we've been releasing. So you can catch me on my podcast, uh, Shit's About to Get Spooky. Uh, it's anchor.fm slash S-A-G, the number two, S. Uh, and you can catch me on Instagram, Cheap Guitars, Cheap Thrills. And then we have a podcast one, too. You could probably figure it out. It's It's probably the same thing. I don't remember. I didn't set it up. Okay, um, and you can get all our links at www.historyhomos.com. Uh, you can um, check out our YouTube channel. It's in the bio of all of our social media, which is at History Homos Pod across social media. And you can follow me on Instagram at Scott Lizard Abrams. Um, and William's not here to say it, so be gay to yourselves and each other. Later, homos. Oh, make the secretaries feel better when they uh, put those stamps on the ledges and they got a lot, a lot, a lot of great destined shares uh-huh. at the government center. They gotta make the secretaries feel better when they put those stamps on all those letters. We gotta rock the rock the rock the non stop tonight uh-huh. at the government center. Make the secretaries Some office boys there jumping for joy. Tell old Mr. A, calm down a while. You know, that's the only way the center is ever gonna get better. So, let's rock the rock the rock the long stop tonight. Uh-huh. At the government center, make the secretaries feel better. Well, they'll put the stamps on the letter. We're gonna make them feel better. Oh, look out. We're gonna help them out. Take all our equipment. Do rock and roll. That's right. That feeling we have inside, we're gonna transcript. The secretaries will have to stand up and not feel sick. Oh, it's gonna be fun. Oh, we won't get scared of it. Take it down. Oh, that feeling inside, we're gonna transmit it to the